When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Caleb Sloha, Josh Olmstead, and Noah Nelson. How are you guys doing? How are you guys? You like the new setup? Yeah. Thumbs up for me. Well, you guys yeah. mostly talking to the two people who hadn't seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's me, baby. Usually, uh, except my chin's disappearing into the void, but it's fine. I know. We need, we'll, we'll get that. We'll get that. We're working out. on it, but it's still pretty. It's, uh, it's an upgrade. It's good. For sure. Good. Usually, usually, I talk off the bat. usually I talk off the bat for like a minute 40, like minimum. So <laughs> those guys are probably shaking their boots. Um, no, but we are uh, back. We're doing – this is back to the regular schedule now. So – all the podcasts we had our off season. I had a lot of crap to get figured out, and now I'm sick again. Uh, so Chris Williams is rubbing off on me quite nicely. If you watch his stuff, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, excited to get in here and talk today. Uh, first things first, I want to thank the fine people at the Carl Auto Group. If you're looking for a car, that's the place to go. I promise you it will be clean. That's our guarantee, and their guarantee is that they're going to give you a fantastic buying process. So go over to the Carl Auto Group, check them out, and uh, thank them for uh, sponsoring Always Race Day if you see anyone uh, from the Carl Auto Group ever. So without uh, without further ado, um, probably the uh, segment I've anticipated the most. Uh, Wait, in my pod- I know what it is. Really? I know what the segment, the well, segment no, is. Everyone knows what it is, dude. It's Stingray Rob getting engaged. Congrats, congrats to Stingray. Congrats to Stingray. That was it, right? Yeah. I, well, congrats to Stingray, honestly. Roll <laughs> credit. End the good, podcast. That was it, everybody. He's a good dude, and every interview he does, people ask him why his name is Stingray. So I would get tired of answering that. But good guy. Fantastic guy. No, the uh, the most anticipated segment I've ever had uh, on one of these. But Formula One uh, has denied uh, Andretti and uh, Cadillac's entry uh, into their series, into their uh, big man group, whatever you would like to call it, uh, for 2026. So they said they can apply again, do the whole process, and enter again in 2028. But essentially, uh, they have denied uh, Andretti. I think Andretti Global, is that the official tag name? Correct. Uh, From entering um, the sport. Now, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts a little bit. I don't know where you want to start on it. I can uh, read some of their quotes from the statement. Um, some really uh, eye-opening ones. Um, I, yeah, feed me the quotes because like, yeah. I'm not as angry as I was yesterday yeah, we'll just, when it we'll happened. Keep, so we'll, we'll refresh keep, my brain. Keep jumping off from quote to quote. but uh, So this one says, uh, from, and this is all put out in their statement and they listed it out in a numbered bullet list. I don't know who does that except for Bleacher Report, but they wanted to. Uh, so they said, while the Andretti name carries some recognition for F1 fans, our research indicates that F1 would bring value to the Andretti brand rather than the other way around. 
It's quite debatable. Uh, I, I would say that name. What a pretentious uh, and inflammatory statement to make. Out of all the things you could say, like for for that to be the one that goes around, it, you know, that gets circulated. Like obviously that's the one that'll get circulated. But and if if you're a newer, yeah. if you're a newer F one fan, you're probably like, well, what do they mean? Like, of course their brand is bigger than this one name. That is probably the most famous motorsports name to ever exist. Is that fair? I mean. I think that's more than fair. They've raced in every kind of motorsports. Yeah. From NASCAR to F1 to IndyCar. And I mean, they're a really big name. They they race. They have a nitro cross team. Yeah. Like. Like, uh, Sorry. Yeah, it's just just wild, absolutely bizarre statement to make. Like, oh well, we'll we'll provide the Andretti name more, you know, than than it'll provide for us. Like, smart. Yeah, no, my page just up and stopped on me. I had to reopen this whole thing. So I was gonna say, I'm wait, I'm waiting for you to get through no, through yeah. the quotes. Before our, assess- I- our assessment process has established that the presence of an eleventh team would not, on its own, provide value to the championship. Uh, that championship. Uh, one driver won 19 of the 23 races, and uh, one team won 22 of the 23 races, just so we know. Uh, the most significant way in which a new entrant would bring value is by being competitive. We do not believe that the applicant would be a competitive participant. Hold on. I do have some stats here. So... In Andretti's history, they have six Indianapolis 500 wins, nine IndyCar titles, four Indy Lights titles, uh, one Daytona 500 win, two Daytona uh, Rolex 24 uh, overall wins, uh, three Sebring 12 Hours wins, uh, a Pikes Peak win, three NASCAR wins, a Le Mans 24-hour class win, 350 overall race wins in various series as individuals and team owners. What do you guys think of that resume? Pretty good, right? They're not going to be competitive. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Okay. now hold on. I'm not done. I'm not done. Because they also have 20 Formula One podiums, 18 Formula One poles, 12 Formula One wins, and a Formula One championship. I mean, yeah, I, is, I wouldn't trust them to be competitive either because yeah, there's nine teams that are competitive right now. Are they likely to go out and like win races? Probably not because look who you've got, you know, winning all the races. But you can't tell me that like they wouldn't be more competitive than Haas. So like, yeah, sorry, this has been a really cold open. Uh, not not on purposely. I don't. I, I got to stop reading stuff, um, and we'll just talk about it. I think when we we were talking about this when they got approved by the FIA, and I I thought when they got approved there, this is probably done uh, because the FIA is usually the guys that are coming down on people they don't like uh, for whatever you know BS reason they want to come up with. Uh, I thought they'd get in. It truly did surprise me. Um, when this news hit Wednesday morning, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. You can now. Here's the only thing you can, only argument you can make is, well, F1 they have ten teams, and now the ten teams would be their piece of the cake would be split into eleven. Oh no! And they're making Saudi oil money. I I don't understand the aspect of that. They've had more than ten teams before. That's also a thing. You know, the the whole. I think every track at the series is designed to be able for the series to hold 13 teams. So to not have a revenue model that wouldn't bear something like that is kind of odd. But what surprises me is they got through the rigorous part, did all this stuff, built this world-class facility. They said they'd be ready by 2025. And Formula One said that that shows that they don't have the understanding that it takes to compete at this level because they said they'd be ready too early. It's like, I've been saying this for years. It's the most asinine, pretentious group of anyone to ever operate a motorsports series and one that doesn't know what's good for itself. And they'll still, you know, they're still going to have the fan base, but I, I, it's. But what a way to stunt the growth of that fan base. It's absolutely insane to me how anyone can go and watch that and support that. They've been doing this for six years. It's just been behind curtains. It's just been disguised by things. It's been very much in the open on poor officiating terms to people that they don't like, and so they'll just disqualify them. And I know NASCAR has done similar things in different situations, uh, but the to the extent of these guys screwing people over, it's I'm so tired of just the mention of them. The like, oh, you write about racing? Do you watch F1? No, not really. I, I watch it for work. I don't enjoy the times I have to go watch the races to figure out if I missed anything. To only come on here and not talk about it because we didn't miss anything and the same guy won. It's, it's asinine to me that we're still... Everyone came, I think, on Wednesday and you know said the same thing I've been saying for years. Same thing Graham Ray Hall has been saying for years. It's like, why are you putting up with, why, why do we want to be in that group? I hope Andretti takes this and just like dominates American motorsport in everything else. So like you Arca? guys are starting an NASCAR team. I think Arca, no disrespect to Arca, might be the last series I'd go, I'd go dive into to start a team. Only because of its purpose is to be a single A team, single A series, right? Who's going to tell them? Tell them what. Hey, what are you? What are we doing? Marco's participating in like most the Arcus season this year, isn't he? Yeah, but it, but we're I, talking about. I like don't think I don't think the Andretti facility is going to be used for the Arcus series. Yeah, I know. That'd be fun though. Yeah, no, it's gonna be fun to watch them. But that's what that series is for—is for like practicing and stuff. And then I feel like half the fan base doesn't get that, and they treat it like it's supposed to be like the most professional racing ever. And you know, I. That's a whole nother conversation, but I, I just, I don't know. I've, I've said what I needed to say. I'm sick today, so I couldn't really bring the energy like I usually can, but it's, I can. Yeah. I'm not far behind. Go for it. Talk. How stuck up is the pull up your ass to think that you're on this gigantic fucking pedestal that you just think that, you know, you're better than everyone. Not necessarily like we just took a triple drink, by the way. That from was an external standpoint, oh, they're the top of the class. No, they are putting themselves up there to say, 
we make everyone better more than the sense of you have this iconic brand that brings millions of opportunities to your sport to make it what you're trying to perceive yourself to be and you're denying it. Let's also massive loss. Sorry, you go. No, okay. No, you're good. You're good. Let's also remember the ratio of people that enter formula one from other worldwide racing disciplines to the people that leave F1 to go to other racing disciplines worldwide. Let's think about that ratio for a minute. Like, You've Former got F1 drivers typically the best drivers in the world, and then they'll leave and go elsewhere because F1 doesn't appreciate them. Because well, they don't I used appreciate to say, the product. I used to say too that there's six competitive seats in F1 that you can make your name for it for yourself as a new driver. And there's two now, three, two and maybe. A half. And that, that third one is like a debate on if having the worst pit strategy for a consistent decade uh, should factor into whether or not yeah. a driver is good you're, because their team does not a pit. You're yeah, if, the, if your race strategist has CTE when he wakes up or not is the depending factor. Jeez, jeez, no. You're, watch it. I, We're tow trucking the line. And for the, the second quote to talk about competitiveness – your seven-time champion of your sport isn't even competitive. And a considerable second-place organization what didn't win a single race. And you want to talk about competitiveness. They're a boys' yeah. club. It's, it's it, all about, yeah. it's all about, oh, well, we're, we're this il- select elite group of race teams and we don't want you know this 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 guy from overseas you know to come stink up the show you know the, these these americans whatever there you know there's hostility towards that there's people that are like oh you know america motorsports is just turned left and you know race hell praise dale yeah oh, and it, is. it absolutely is so there's well, just this elitist you... pretentious mindset and i hate it how can yeah. you continuously press the expansion into America and not allow America in? They like, yeah, a, they you, like our money. They don't like us. You are forcing yourself into America, but when America's willing to part with you and like merge together, you don't allow it. So how the fuck are you just going to push yourself thinking that you can just push everyone around when someone's like, hey, let's do this. And you're like, no, we're better. I want to see what a podcast with Josh drinking like two four locos would look like. No, I actually I wish we just restarted this and just gave it to Josh and had him do this. <laughs> it I, is it is quite I funny though because like if you're gonna ex- if you want more of an American fan base, which they started with their Netflix, but like if you want more of an American fan base, there's nothing that Americans like more than America. So like <laughs> putting another American team in just guarantees that more Americans pay attention. There's so much fan support behind that team. There's people that like Haas just because of you know oh well the, you know Gene Haas is American and. Oh, you know, they, they got, you know, he's got a NASCAR team and like, you know. Hey, it's a good thing that uh, Putin helped fund that car for uh, that guy's kid, right? Yeah, yeah that's also really Oh, should I have not said that on the podcast? Dang, gosh. 
No, that's um, no, that's like that's I public knowledge. I figured they would have covered that in Drive to Survive. I didn't know if that I, was a out there thing for the cash. How about really driving to survive? You have Vegas that produces a crowd as it is. You have the Haas team. You have Logan Sargent who has random NASCAR fans drooling over because the whole what the fuck is a kilometer thing. The fuck is it that? just blew up on the internet. Like massively is blown up on the internet. And you have I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm so riled up. I'm so riled up over this. Like if you saw me yesterday reading all of this, I couldn't fucking believe it. The text message. I would say this news surprised me, but I totally believable. Like two thousand percent believable. If they cared about the American fans, uh their t-shirts with all the team logos on them. Uh, wouldn't cost 130 bucks and be just made with cheap material at the gift gift shops down there. They wouldn't start the Las Vegas race at fucking midnight on the East Coast. Uh, and they yeah, would let the fans stand and like look at it. Yeah, uh, they. Yeah, that's right. They wouldn't cover the bridges to what, have people watch the race for free at all. Uh, they wouldn't race on the same day uh, as NASCAR races at Texas Motor Speedway and just divide uh, the fan base in half because they know that they'll survive with a bad number that day and that. Hey, if we can screw up NASCAR's day, let's do it. So if you're wondering why I don't like them, I hope that there's enough examples in this literal single 17-minute clip alone filled with a terrifically unenergetic ad. I appreciate you understanding that I'm tired of their shit. I just I just don't believe the concept of you have an opportunity to make millions on just saying yes. Well, Josh, they, they make millions. Yeah, I understand. I understand that, but you're 40 million to run one race by blocking off the streets in an American atmosphere. You're getting that back in an American team. It's it's just the failure to capitalize on prime opportunity they have done, all the positive momentum that they generated as far as the Las Vegas debacle and now this. There, they they had a lot of positive momentum, and all of a sudden they just said, "Eh, it's cool, I guess." My favorite thing is there's a group of people out there that kind of pipe up once a month or so and say, "Well, I don't, I don't get why we can't just have a rising tide r- raise all ships. I don't, I don't get why we have to hate on one brand of motorsport vo- versus another, or one series versus another." And this, and don't get me wrong, I agree with that. When we're talking about the World of Outlaws versus High Limit, when we're talking about the two-way model series, you know, IndyCar and NASCAR, um, there is a totally different vibe there because it's guys that care about the fans. And once once you've proven that, like, no, screw off, I, I don't have any room for that. And um, it was really funny seeing those people that will they'll pipe up once a month or so and they'll say, you should, you should just appreciate it because it's raising motorsports. Well, it's raising like a glorified parade, but we'll call it motorsports, sure. Um, and they were posting statements yesterday, just going, "Man, I can't believe this. This is, this isn't. Ins- I can't believe they'd ever do this." As if they haven't been screwed over by him six, seven times over. Like, it's fool me, they fool me once, shame on you, right? Is that they haven't telegraphed every move that would yeah. signal that they weren't going to let Andretti in if they could help it. I just don't right. understand the concept of 
like this team is committed to making this work. They have been committed for well over two years of making this work. The cherry, the you, cherry on top was saying that they were too committed, that so much so that they didn't understand how complicated it was. Because they told us like, they told us we could get a car ready in two years. They are like, striving to make this happen and are going to the ends of the earth, and you're just that's literally what they're doing. They're just giving they're just telling them to fuck right off. So one of my favorite things, and we'll we'll move on shortly. One of my favorite things about F1 is you can set an over under anywhere from one to five for the first race of the season. Um, no matter how many test sessions they've had, this has happened in years where they've done three testing weekends. This has happened in years where they've had one. The first race of the year, there's one to five cars that won't freaking start. And there's another one to three. So yeah, one to three, it, it's never gotten to eight, but that's, that's why I put numbers on this. There's another one to three that the cars won't make it around two laps. And then they say, oh, they're pressured because the offseason is, is so short. It's like, man, you make a racing series and you can't get the car to start? Like, what? talk to me about what kind of engineering that is. Please brag about their engineers and watch what happens in the season opener. This is a yearly thing. It has not failed. I'll put an over-under on it this year and we'll, we'll watch it. And we'll have something to watch. I just, dude, I just tricked myself into getting excited for an F1 race. Hell yeah. <laughs> How about that? Um, no, I, I am a journalist. We will talk about uh, the big news from the day after uh, that Lewis Hamilton is leaving Mercedes at the end of the year uh, to go to Ferrari in 2025. Some people said this is the biggest F1 story of all time. I would say turning down Andretti is bigger. Um, I get Lewis Hamilton's a big name and has kind of gotten people to think he's really good at racing because he drove the fastest car. But uh, I'm excited to see what he does after F1. Um, I don't know. I, th I, he, I don't think this is going to raise his skill or value. And I think you're going to have the caveat either way, even if it's, if this is a terrible move, it'll be because he's getting too old. It won't be because he switched teams. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but I, I saw somebody, the, they said it best of basically like Lewis Hamilton <laughs> will be a winning driver at Ferrari. If the Ferrari cars are capable of winning, basically like, just I, I mean that's how it is he was he was capable of winning when the mercedes cars were capable of winning so it's just a matter of you know if somebody can make a car as fast as red bulls yeah they're cash app visa rb guys yeah oh <laughs> who is, also, is that th that's is that uh, it's the Alpha Tauri. Yeah, the former Alpha yeah, Tauri. Okay. Cars. That's what I thought. Not to mention the guy that bought the team so his son could race. And then the people that are used that are hoisting Williams's corpse up in the air and say, Yeah, this is Williams. <laughs> That's the F1 grid, but Andretti won't be competitive. <laughs> it, A cool. team that has oh, been really. around for longer than most teams had like scored maybe ten points. Yeah, it's not it's just not competitive and it's, it's all car. I mean, you heard the IndyCar guys that drove them and tested them and you miss a corner, you hit a button, you made the corner. And then we sit there and wonder why this, this guy that came over to race in America didn't succeed on this road course in a stock car, or this oval race next Fendi and stuff. 
but we're supposed to call them the best in the world because they don't race elsewhere and they just collect stats. I don't know. I'm just fed up with all that. Uh, the Lewis Hamilton story is pretty big. I think anytime you move a guy with that brand, it's going to be big. It, it kind of reminds me of the NBA. It reminds me of Kevin Durant going the Warriors when he did. Um, no, that'd we'll be like see. more to Red Bull, but. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, like what would be what would be the NBA year-specific move to compare to that? Like, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets. I guess yeah. he did leave. He left yeah. there to go there. Okay, so it wouldn't be the Nets then. It'd be. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what year this was in general. The last six have all kind of flown together. Um, Lake, yeah, we'll say the Lakers. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, 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 that's that's actually an accurate representation. The more yeah. I think about it, because it's a long time, like very deep known it's a brand. franchise. It's not just a team. Been known for winning. Yeah, those 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 red cars are iconic, and yep. So that yeah, that'll be an interesting move. Um, be curious to see what the, what Mercedes does with their open seat then, and it, you know, depending on their performance this year, how do you think they'll do? You think they'll call George Russell, George Russell into the pits, telling him that he has a flat tire, that he was able to safely nurse the car into the pits despite having the lead, filling in for Lewis Hamilton. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yeah. He filled, he filled in. Yes, I do. Yeah, He's I leading with 15 to go, and they said, and you, they have pulled the tire. you have a flat tire, and he said, I do? And they said, yeah, you need to come to pit road right now. You're right in front of everyone's like, I'm doing the I'm doing an Alex Jones tinfoil hat, but if you don't think there's a chance of that being real, don't talk Don't talk to me because it's it's pretty blatant. Like They told George's arm, which he, he had an itchy arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was I think that was the COVID one, but my Twitter has been uh, buzzing around. Uh, Nothing set in stone, obviously, and it's all just rumors that I've been hearing. But the seat being filled is potentially Fernando Alonso. I I didn't think he'd still want to race another full season. Yeah, same. That would be interesting, especially a year from now. Yeah. It just, I think it's really, really. Going I think to it's be more for development purposes. I think it's going to be incredibly dependent on how Mercedes does this year, and if somebody in the, in, you know, in the pipeline, in that F1 developmental pipeline, if they, you know, step up in, you know, that mid tier, you know, they'll pull, they'll pull someone from their lower team. I mean, yeah. Mercedes yeah. has Colin, options. Colin they can pull, they can pull Esteban if they really wanted to. Calling them a pipeline is a little generous. It is, but it's the best phrase I had. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's talk some NASCAR. Let's get into uh, what is going on this week. Um, we do got to start with the charter thing. Uh, that, so if you guys saw the headlines today, basically said NASCAR teams let their charters run out and they're free to talk to other series uh, if they wanted to bring the value of their charter to essentially be owned by that series to go to their series. So that, that won't happen. Like NASCAR owns all the big tracks except Pocono, right? Uh, there's not, it's not like there's another series. I mean, Arca, I guess could buy NASCAR back. They could buy all the teams one by one. Do that. Caleb, get them on that. I mean, like, I don't even know how they can't buy it back. I mean, they're, I was, I was kind of being a little facetious, but well, I know. No, so, so all this is, is the negotiating window was supposed to, 
they extended it. I don't know why they didn't extend it again. That's uh, it was supposed to run out on December 31st. They then extended it to the end of January, um, but they let the negotiating period run out now. Um, the teams want uh, more explanation on the TV deal that NASCAR got uh, late last year, um, officially figured out. And that was when negotiating was really supposed to ramp up. Um, Denny Hamlin said they're not closer uh, to a deal. Um, check out Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi's uh, article in The Athletic for that. I try not to take too much stuff on there and say it on here. Um, it's technically behind the paywall. So, uh, But, yeah, both great journalists. Um, but with uh, Hamlin basically said we're not anywhere closer to getting a deal than we were 12 months ago, essentially, paraphrasing. Um, and, it, frankly, my only, uh, like, reaction to this was Hamlin's like getting stuff done again. Um, and I love to see it. He is quickly becoming my favorite team owner, uh, that I've seen in NASCAR just with the stuff that he does to get things done. He held his contract to make sure, you know, one other contract got signed to make sure that they can expand their organization at a, at a good pace and, held it over their head to get it done. And I, I respect what Hamlin does. I know people don't love what he says all the time, but I, I really like that he – he every big move like this that he kind of makes or puts his name out there and, and quotes himself – or I shouldn't say quotes himself, takes, takes the interviews that he does and says what he says is for a strategic way to get things to happen. So that, that's what I like most about that. Yeah, I uh, really think that the teams letting the negotiation window expire was really just like more of a more of a formal fuck you than anything else. Just like them saying, hey, we're not any closer. You're not helping us out. So we're done talking. And so I, that's 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 kind of the way that I see it. And then just also as far as some of it goes, like because uh, I heard some discourse about horsepower, you know, in the last few weeks and every single manufacturer, essentially like, like the Roush Yates, somebody's, you know, from their engine shop and somebody from TRD said, yeah, like we want the short track racing to be better. And so like, if that means more horsepower, we're ready to do it. We're able to do it. And so NASCAR saying, Oh, well the, t the, the teams and the manufacturers don't want more horsepower. And then they come out and say it, it just kind of, it's starting to feel like, there, there's more of a divide between the teams and the sanctioning body than maybe even some people are letting on. Yeah, I think that's there. Um, I think it's been there for kind of since this new car got installed, since since the race team alliance really became a thing, right? So yeah. they're going to have to find a deal. I The only thing that like is holding NASCAR's, I guess uh, – involvement here um holding their value is that all these charters only have value if they have value in nascar um now how far can these negotiations go i think that's a question for a different day i, I know i've seen plenty of sports lock out for part of the season and it, it doesn't help the sport at all so no matter what deal gets done out of that it's never helped any sport at least in my opinion someone might someone can give me an example but I, I really don't think we're going to see too much. I don't see, I don't think we'll see too much like 
deals getting done here, but I do think a lot of the stuff is going to be made more public because they'll have to just, I don't know, if the negotiation negotiating window runs out, can they still have negotiating meetings? I'm sure they can, but like, I, I, say, I, I don't get what the point of the window is at, at this point after I've talked it out with you guys for five minutes. It just, yeah, like I said, it just feels like a formality, and I, I, I don't see a world in which a deal doesn't get done. At the like, it, it feels kind of like everybody's just like throwing, you know, baby punches at each other, trying to get what they want, rather than actually having any venom behind anything. And, and I don't think they're baby punches. I think it reminds me of what's going on in dirt racing. The teams and, and team owners and drivers want more information on what streaming revenue you're getting and how open you are to that. That was a big part of High Limit and their approach um, and what they're doing uh, with starting this new series that Brad and Kyle Larson uh, co-own. And I think that's very similar. The, the NASCAR teams want to see the, the extent of the TV deal and see what piece of the pie they're getting. And, you know, will they see it? I don't know. And what happens if they see it? And it's like, oh, we need to negotiate much harder now. And it's like, oh, we just cut you a deal. You got to see the numbers. But time will tell on that. Uh, really, I, can I call it a non-story? I that's that's kind of where I was heading with it. Like I don't, I, 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 I don't feel like it's anything that has substance behind it at the moment, I, and that could age terribly. But I could no, I really could. Like that's I. I mean, yeah. Essentially, another series could buy a team, buy their charters over, and effectively would. If they had this series set up, they could have effectively like have all the value there, and then it would reach. I I don't know. I have no idea what you could do. Nuclear NASCAR meltdown. Say the World of Outlaws had Saudi Arabia oil money. Could they buy Hendrick Motorsports, Joe Gibbs, and Team Penske, and have a twelve-car traveling stock car series that races predominantly on dirt? What? Anything's possible with Saudi oil money. What? Josh, I'm putting a hypothetical out there, man. You don't got to tell me it's crazy. I know it's crazy. I'm trying to figure out what is the actual impacts of this deal. And I, I'm just not very sure. I need to get more sources is what I need to do. But We're in uncharted territory. It's unprecedented. And it's also a non-story. It's crazy how it does both of those. Did you really just use Uncharted? And Unprecedented. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this guy's funny. He's got a sense of humor, guys. Oh, because we're talking about charters. Okay. Nice work here at Explorer. Good job. <laughs> I, told, I told you I'm sick. I'm, everything's going over oh, my head. Uh, uh, let's talk the Clash. It's this weekend. Um, all right, shit, I don't have my schedule ready. God, man. So, um, so here's one of the year. I got the schedule for you. Um, rain Sunday for Sunday, 7 p.m. on Fox. Here's the whole time. So, rain. Yeah, I saw the bad weather forecast. I wasn't going to mention the R word. Thankfully, it is not currently race day anywhere at the time of this recording. So it's always race day. You dunce. You, you said the R word on race day. So Can what do you want me to do? All right. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> – he's off the show. 
<laughs> it's easily overused, but I do like. <laughs> I was gonna say it's nice that we can like all the viewers can see it too instead of just like the split screens or whatever. So he's just thinking oh, yeah, this no. now. Everybody say bye to Caleb. <laughs> Hey, you're back. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I should have waited until he stopped making that face. Sorry for the paralysis demon. Oh, hey. man. Uh, so it is um, supposed to precipitate that entire weekend. Uh, there's supposed to be, like, dangerous, severe weather from, like, Sunday to Tuesday or something. Um, Sounds like wet weather times to me. Yeah, that forecast could change. I don't want to, like, name specifics. So they have tires they can race in damp conditions with but they can't race in wet conditions and they didn't bring windshield wipers. And I think that was by design. I don't think the, I don't think they, the tires work in wet conditions at all. This is a perfect track for that though. I agree. I think Yeah. I think the visibility is not there. Yeah. Well, that's God, true. those rooster yeah. tails, if it monsoons, it just be one giant cloud, like rotating. That's true. Also, if they're talking about like as much rain as what it sounds like, and they're literally in a bowl, like oh, they're, they're gonna be driving oh. in puddles. Yeah, it looked like it looked they're, like, they're in a uh, swimming pool. Bob Pockris was out there, and he it looked like it drained pretty well. It wasn't well, really it puddles. Didn't know how much? Did you ask Bob if uh, the Clash has lights? Good one, Caleb. Sure Justin Neely doesn't so, Someone will get there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I hey, I mean, if it gets to be enough rain, we'll just race boats around there, and it'll be fine. Genius. I would not be opposed. You oh, already you know what would be awful. I do get all the way out to L.A. You're ready to race. You're ready to do it. It rains too hard. NASCAR says it's an exhibition event, guys. We're just gonna. We, it's just not happening. That's probably what it will. They will do. And, that, and then you have to go back and prep for Daytona. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. They should yeah. have them. They should have all the teams from if it rains out Sunday. So then you're you're missing your prime TV window anyway. Just have all the teams make like boat like vehicles and run like a ten lap race. Just just 10? go run on the construction site in Fontana. Well, okay, well, Josh, first off, you need enough water on the track to run a boat race at all and then you need to go like however long it would take to run 10 laps in a boat instead of an actual race why don't race we course. just take the coliseum and push it somewhere else <laughs> aka we'll just move it to the ocean and race the boats there it's, uh, they, they, you gotta race on the beaches just like the old days yeah, yeah. we're, we're gonna got beach the cars <laughs> You got to do something, I think, just because all the teams are out there. Um, not that they would ever put that on TV. They would never say, like, we're taking up a TV spot to, like, have the teams do this fun contest. I don't think they'd do that. But but it would be really funny. It does suck. Uh, last year was, like, the worst rain-affected year they've had. Um, it wasn't great for dirt racing either, especially uh, here at Knoxville. But um, we'll see. I don't know. I, I hope they get some good luck. Later in the year, maybe this is our. Uh, we're paying for it early. How about that? Yeah. The rest of the year better be not rain Sunday because I have to work Monday night. So I'm gonna be pissed. It's supposed to rain like an MFR like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Gonna have to clash. So who's go gonna ahead, win? Super Bowl. Who's, who's gonna, gonna win? Clash. Larson or Legato? 
Okay, besides Mother Nature, we're going to get it in. Who's going to win the clash? It's just Larson or Logano. There's no, I, there's no like, rhyme or reason to looking at. Okay, yeah, I was going to say KFB is my pick. I said it first. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. My fault. I'll, I'll go fuck myself, Josh. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, we do need to brainstorm oh what, what we want to do for picks this year and figure out something we can do as a punishment at the end of the year forever loses oh man 24 hours in a waffle house every pancake you eat takes an hour off no no we're not a doing waffle this. house no, and a pancake my fault my fault my fault we're not doing the same fantasy football punishment that's gone re-viral 18 times uh, in the last three years um it would be funny it would be funny for like so pardon my take did once that they do picks for football and they did uh second and last both got punishments so that, <laughs> You had to be careful of where you were at. It was really, I don't, I think it ended up backfiring on them, but we're not picking like head to head. I think it's a little easier for us. That's fair. That's fair. So I don't know. But like if I, if I had to tank to get out a second and I pick like four require cars or something. I think it could be funny. Well, you guys, uh, oh, if yeah, you're listening, I... if you're listening, tweet in, uh, to the podcast, the to the podcast link or YouTube comments, wherever you're at, you're at. we're uh, we're available on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Think of it like and that. we're on TikTok now. We are on. Oh yeah, go follow our TikTok. Great stuff on there. Go like my comments too. I'm going to leave some funny comments. Haven't gotten to it yet because I've been down for the count, man. I don't want to be sick anymore. That week after that week after you're sick and you're like, I, there's no way I'm gonna get sick again, is the best, and it feels like it was ages ago. All right, um, do you guys have anything else you want to say about the clash? Are we good? No, I mean, I'm, that's good. it for me, man. Caleb's like, I kind of want to break down who's gonna finish thirteenth. I all I asked is who's winning. You guys asked no, me who's gonna win, and I say it's just totally stupid to pick because NASCAR is like a roulette wheel now and now I suddenly want to pick and because compared to Formula yeah. 1 it is like three roulette wheels crossed with a hamster wheel around the outside alright well Austin Dillon's my pick for 13th for the record okay that's a good pick solid pick I've I'm got take Bowman oh, damn, you took mine All right. Man. Bowman won't finish that low I'll take Hamlin 13th Oh, really? Oh, there we go. Yeah. That, Old. Well, I complimented Denny Hamlin. I got to get the other side of that rivalry on the back end here. Caleb, we need your 13th. We we all three just did it. You can't look at me with that face. This is like the – Are you? Oh, yeah, do that. Assign Kaz Rolla. Martin Truex Jr. Okay. Okay. We'll revisit this next week and see if the race ever happens. <laughs> Did he win one or am I being dumb? MTJ won the clash last year. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was Kyle Bush when you picked him to win. And I was like, great. We knocked out the last two winners. So that's good. But I, yeah, I, for some no, reason, I thought Logano won Bristol there the first year. Logano won the clash and too. The clash and the first year. Second. 
Okay, that's where I remember Kyle Busch. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the funnest like last eight laps, and it was. Yeah. And Kyle Me could too. Just I I was I was fully expecting complete anarchy. Can I put? A, can I just put a message out there for whoever's in second on the last lap? Frost Chastain. Just yard sale, man. Take a just look at what he did. Yard sale. Give us. That would give us, that'd give us be brutal at that track. Please. If you ramp the safer barrier or go in the catch fence, um, sorry, it was worth it was worth the, the attempt. Oh, that'd be like going off the hill at Lernerville. Yeah, I just want to get that. It's a Damon. I know is laughing his ass off right now. Big, big ass cool. hill at that racetrack right outside the corner. On that video game, if you like go off way too high, you just I mean you're you're done. You're done for. Yeah. You're in the forest at that point. It's a massive hill. Anyways, all right. I think that's good. Um, we'll be back. What we're gonna do is uh we're gonna do like we'll record back to back shows Sunday nights, I believe. Um we might for dirt end up releasing shows on sunday i don't know what we're gonna do yet we don't want to put out two podcasts back to back on monday um let us know what you think we should do there really isn't a right or wrong reason and i think we're all gonna sit here and talk about it after this recording stops anyways uh and then we'll have a midweek show uh that's predominantly dirt as well um but that'll be kind of the schedule going forward three episodes a week two two dirt one asphalt and you know, if things pop up, we're not against doing emergency shows and stuff like that. So just keep an eye out for us. Uh, subscribe, like, comment everywhere, especially YouTube. It, it really helps us with the algorithm. And uh, thank you guys a ton for listening. And uh, thank you again to the Carl Auto Group uh, for being our presenting partners. Uh, really excited for what's to come uh, for Always Race Day in 2024. So tis the season. We're, we're in February. Daytona's right around the corner. Thanks again, guys, for uh, listening. Really appreciate y'all. Thank <laughs> you.